0: Welcome to Small College Conversations, a podcast dedicated to sharing insights from leading small college athletic administrators. Small College Conversations is presented by Chi Alpha Sigma, the only four-year collegiate student-athlete academic fraternity. To learn more, visit chialphasigma.org. And now, please welcome our host, the founder of the business of small college athletics, Jim Abbott. Welcome back to Small College Conversations. I'm Jim Abbott. I'm the founder of the business of Small College Athletics, and I'm joined today by a good friend of mine, Kirby Gary, the athletic director at Cal State Monterey Bay. Kirby, thanks for being here today.
1: Oh, absolutely, Jim. Uh, great to be here. I'm just thrilled to, to be connected again and uh, have this conversation. It's going to be great.
0: It is It is great to see you and be with you, and, and you and I have had some good times over the we years. Have. And we're gonna we have. We're going to get that. Yeah, (laughs) Uh, But we're going to start a little bit. um, You, as a young man, are in your 16th year at Cal State Monterey Bay. And I wonder, would you just talk a little bit about uh, how you got your start there and how that maybe eventually led to the athletic director's position?
1: Yeah, you bet, Jim. Thank you. Um, Yeah, I don't think when Jody and I first moved here um that we we would have known even in our wildest dreams that it would be with uh, our tenure would be 16 plus years and we hope it goes on and on because we love the place we feel very fortunate um to be in a to be in a wonderful place to raise a family and and to be a part of a growing university um uh and and just to be a part of something that we feel is really special professionally but personally and for a, from a family standpoint we, we we're just really happy um gosh how we got here really was uh, we were at Washington State University. Jody was a, a volleyball coach on staff at Washington State. And um, and we started our, our a young family, right? So we had we had two our two boys were born in Pullman, Washington. And after Ben was born, um, Jody looked at me and like, gosh, I don't know if I can keep up the pace of what we're doing here. Um, and the landscape was changing a bit there. I, you know, I was fortunate enough to work in the volleyball program and they were very, they were very um accommodating to us as a family to kind of make it work. But we, uh, we started looking for positions for me and of all places, Cal state Monterey Bay was starting a division two athletic department. The first full-time athletic director was a guy named Howard Gauthier, who was uh, at Idaho state. And we had spent some time at Idaho state. So, you know, networking is what it is. And, and he actually called Jody um, for a job that he had open. And she's like, well, I'm not interested, but I, my husband is, You remember? do you remember Kirby kind of thing? And so the rest is history when it comes to that. But um so we came down here for me in an assistant role um and and the cool part was that you know we came down here for her to really stay home and 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 be with the young boys and and really step away from something that was so important to her in coaching um and she had gotten to you know one of the highest levels that she ever thought she would in the Pac-10 at the time and and uh but the best part was she got to, she then became our head not very long after she got to be our head coach here at, at Monterey Bay so so for, for gosh, I don't know, half the time we've been here, um, she was the head volleyball coach and I was an assistant AD kind of doing a little bit of everything. Um, and so that was really how we got started. You know, Howard was uh, generous to offer a job to us and we came down as a young family and And I've really got to grow up professionally here. And I think the best part is I got to be the AD where I really want to be. Like at the AD role found me here. I don't know that I got into this thinking I wanted to be an athletic director, I had been a football coach and 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 chased that passion for a, for a good amount of time after college and and Jody was a coach obviously and so but being here and being at a place that I could grow up professionally um, the longer we were here I was like I want to be the AD here like I don't know if I, you know and so so making that known a little bit I wasn't trying to get other people's jobs but I I knew I wanted to do that here and and was really lucky um, and probably opportunistic in that way that I didn't have to leave. Um, to 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 take on this role, so real feel real fortunate.
0: Well, so now you talk about uh, that being the place you want to be, but what's sort of unique to me is that Monterey Bay as the university is only twenty nine years old, right? So so you have literally been on campus for the majority of the you existence know. of the school, right? So talk a little bit about what. Uh, some of that growth has been and some of the, some of the challenges and maybe successes that within athletics and even on campus have, have gone on during your time.
1: Yeah, it's a great point. And, and uh, it, it, it's hard to believe that it, it in the in the in the history of the university that you think of it that way, but it's true. I think it, it's just been fun to be a part of something that was that was brand new. I grew up in South Dakota in the in the in the old North Central conference with it was division two. So I grew up in in division two and play and competed in division two and coached in division two, but to be at a can on a campus that wanted Division II athletics, uh, to me that was very we're lucky to do that because everything we do was the first time um, and it wasn't rocket science, right? You know, we, we, we connect with people, we connect with colleagues and we all steal and copy and steal ideas from each other. So things we were doing here weren't new, (laughs) but they were new to here. So that was really special early on. And I, and I think, and again, when you're on it, we're on the former Fort Ord. So more, more people know about us nationally and and globally by Fort Ord. So we're an army base forever before we were a, a Cal state institution. So, just to see that transformation of a space and the impact the university can have on what really is a small community in California, which there's not a lot of those, but the Central Coast is a really unique place. Um, it's a destination that people know Monterey, they know Pebble Beach, um, but the chance to to kind of build, not kind of build, to build an athletic department and programs on, in a growing, on a growing university in a place that many people know, but we've been kind of this hidden secret even locally for too long um that just inspires you every day really and i've only seen it as opportunity i think you could look back and see a lot of challenges we we just we just recently tore down the last buildings that are really visible um from the gymnasium right and those were on those were those were on city land they weren't on our land but it, nobody cares it all looks like it's ours so you just start to you, you continue to see the the complete transformation of a space that was an army base into a thriving college campus and, and some growing communities around it. So I don't know if I'm explaining it right, but it, it's it's pretty transformational when you take a when you take a moment to think about it. And yet we have so far to go, um, and there's so much more opportunity in a in a state system that is so big. We have we have 1,400 acres um, right off Highway One. So to be a place like that, that's pretty special. To think you have the opportunity to continue to grow, and I just want to be a part of it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's awesome. I I, you know, you talk about tearing down the the last of those buildings, but literally there were things like barracks and other oh, yeah. military um yeah. facilities that existed yeah. here. Um yeah. now you also sort of uh casually mentioned Pebble Beach. uh, yeah. uh you're uh right down the road from Pebble Beach and we are. and uh, I know that part of what you all do there is you have a really good relationship with those folks, uh, and yeah. particularly with the tournament. So, mm-hmm. talk a little bit about your relationship with the AT and T Pebble Beach mm-hmm. uh, uh, tournament, and yeah. and how that benefits your athletic department.
1: Yeah, well, you know, they they uh, the Monterey Peninsula Foundation, um, to get right to it, is the is the is the foundation that essentially um supports or, or gives away the revenue from the tournament right and, and it's uh, over time they're literally like one of the top benefactors to the university not just athletics over time um and a lot has been written about the pga tour and how much money is given away in local communities and all that but yeah i mean i always call that event our super bowl you know and and you you see the goodyear blimp flying around and people across the country um, tease me or give me a hard time about that I mean that's where we are we're 10 minutes away essentially um, but yeah we've been we've been able to do a lot of facility work it started with uh, you know they do grants right they do grants to every local um, youth organization organizations that you know fill out a grant form and and need, need, need help doing whatever it is that they do the really um, fun part for us has been able to grow from one of those um, groups that just filled out a form to get some money to help support a scholarship or two to doing a multi-year um, gift that supported lights at baseball, softball, and soccer all at one time, right? A seven-figure gift. So to grow over time with a with this with a foundation, but it's really about the people. Um and so the 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 longer we've been around and 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 we've been a good investment um for them, I think to see some real transformation. They they like to support capital projects where there's a start and a finish and they can see an impact and and the impact, you know, on a small college campus, the impact that we can make on a facility not only benefits us as an institution, but it benefits the local community because we're going to have camps and clinics and people out to our games. And now we can play baseball at night instead of at Friday at, at noon. So more people can come out. So the impact they have has a has a more of a ripple effect. Um, and so it, it's been fun. You know, we're going to we're going to we're going to install a video board in the gym here, hopefully in the next couple of months and that again it's just the next thing that they've been able to fund so um, yeah it, it's been it's been we're very fortunate the term is not going away this year is going to be a big year because I think it's one of the mandatory stops on the tour or something like that so all the top names will be here and it's a huge economic driver for the region. Um, and, and they've been, they've been so supportive of the university and I'm just trying not to screw it up to be quite honest. So <laughs> um,
0: I am absolutely certain more goes into it than that. And yeah. I want to make sure people listening to this don't mistake the fact that we just happen to be near Pebble beach and they just us yeah. money. Yeah. But I know from our previous conversations that it, it's like any relationship, um, it is. you build it and you build it and you cultivate it you can't take it for granted and, uh, and it and it sounds like it really is um, uh, quite a benefit for the community and for your campus as well.
1: Oh yeah, I mean it's it's uh, I wish I had the numbers in front of me, but what they do just just for the community in the region is is off the charts and and there's a lot of history of that tournament and it means a lot. but the the folks that make up that foundation and the the grant committees, they all work and live in the community. so it's totally a relationship driven opportunity the more you get to know them and and work through the processes that they have in place because they need them right because they've there's a lot of need and a lot of people to ask uh, for support Um, but to be one of their their top people and a a priority for them they're usually coming to us for what's next that we need and it's an ongoing conversation so um, we're very supportive and and uh, they're very supportive of us and and we we do what we can to to um reflect that, you know, you know, gratitude, and, and give them some attention for what they're doing. Um, And so it it's, it's great.
0: Yeah, yeah and I'm just, this is a kind of an off the cuff question, but mm-hmm. I, mean, I guess there aren't Pebble Beach logos in your basketball gym, or no, you know, traditional, no traditional. Yeah, it's all. Yeah, it's all philanthropy, right? It's yeah, all- it truly yeah. is. Yeah.
1: yeah. Mon- there, it's so, so Monterey Peninsula Foundation, which wouldn't, you know, people that aren't here wouldn't connect it to the tournament. But that's the that's the, they're on the donor wall, right? In the, in the alumni visitor center, but no, no Pebble Beach logos.
0: Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Just on your shirts. They're on the hats walking
1: around for sure. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Okay. Well, I want to switch gears a little bit because as I followed your career, I think you and I have uh, sort of a similar path from the standpoint that I've just seen how active you are nationally. Mm-hmm. And in particular, you've been very active with the D2 Athletic Directors Association. Yeah. Uh, you're the current president of that group. So talk a little bit about how you got involved with the D2 ADA and and what you would really tell folks in the world the benefits of being involved are.
1: You bet. Um, well, I, I think, you know, I talked a little bit about how, I, you know, growing up here professionally at Cal State Monterey Bay and the opportunity to be the AD here. Um, certainly I owe it to the place that gave me the opportunity, but NACTA, as an organization, there's no way I'm, I'm, I had the confidence or competence to be an AD without NACTA. Um, and so, and that, that, that even predates, um, a little bit on that story. So the, um, Howard was, was the outgoing athletic director at Idaho state at the time that we kind of crossed paths there in, in Pocatello for a short time. The incoming athletic director while we were working there was a guy named Jim Center, um, and Jim was a former football coach that had made a name for himself in development and continues to. And he's at UTEP now. Um, so I got to meet him, and he hired me into my first administrative job. Um, and and then the Bengal Foundation, and 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 we weren't there long enough because Jody got the job in Pullman. But um, he was the one that said, "Look, we're gonna. I'm gonna teach you development. I'm gonna get you involved in NACTA. And there's this group called NAD." At the time, like, and this is where, you know, regardless of where you go following Jody around, because she's going to be this big time volleyball coach and you're going to be able to find a job in development somewhere and I'll I'll help you do it. So, and then over that time, we had all these really cool conversations in a short time of it's like, so you want to be an AD because he was a brand new AD at Idaho State. So anyway, so that got me, he introduced me to NACTA. Um, and honestly, it took me coming. Though it did, it took you know we moved off to uh, to Washington State and then came down here. It took me to come here. So for 16 years, the institution has allowed me to attend ANACTA, pay for dues, pay for travel, um, and so I'm lucky. The more people I talk to, like that's not always a thing. They've they've invested in my professional development. I think there's been a good return for them because I I think I've developed into a strong leader for the institution. But so that's where it started. Um, and then as I became the AD, I'm 10 plus years into the AD role here. Um, D2 ADA is where I gravitated towards. But early on it was NAD and NACMA, so development, marketing, anything externally related is what I gravitated towards because I just it just it made me better in my role here. Um, but becoming an AD, um, it's just a natural progression of D2 ADA and and being in the room with with uh, colleagues from across the country sharing ideas and concerns and challenges and um, counseling sessions, whatever you call those, it it just was a natural fit. And in a in and in a lot of guys and and women that in the industry that I looked up to were already in the room. So so getting into that room and and being a part of it was really special to me. And and kind of growing up in it now being president, it's kind of hard to believe, really. But um, I just think it's important. I've always thought if I'm going to do this, I'm going to raise my hand to be involved as much as I can. And, and honestly from the first day it was all about bringing more attention and awareness to Cal State Monterey Bay nationally because I think I think I've I've played a part of that um in terms of the spaces I've been in and the, and the places I've been but I also know it's made me better and 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 uh it's made our place better so yeah
0: yeah I I I think you get involved to learn and grow mm-hmm. and figure out how do I do this job and to create this circle of people you can call on. no doubt. And then no. I think sometimes you continue on because that experience was so positive for you that you're determined to provide it for someone else. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I, and I absolutely see that in you. And I, I, you know, being at the forefront of conversations is so important for your, for your university and athletic department, even the visibility, uh, mm-hmm. without question Monterey Bay probably doesn't understand it, but they have gotten great national visibility because of your involvement. Um, yeah. So, are there one or two priorities? You're the president of the ADA. What are what are one or two of the big things you guys are working on?
1: Well, we uh, you know we just we just published uh, the the refreshed version of a Division Two model document with our you know we got a lot of help with our from our good friend Tim Selgo and in his role. Um, so we're real proud of that. That was, uh, that was uh, adopted, I guess, by the management council and, and president's council within division two. So we refresh that in a way that we think it's a good, a good handbook or, or guide um, for current members and future members of division two. Um, so that was a big, that was a project last year. You know, I think, I think going into this year, some of the, some of our, you know, our things that we've done a long time, uh is is to really keep great momentum around our mentoring program so we have a women in minorities mentoring program that's been very successful like 34 sitting ad's now have went through that program um and so that one that's one of our you know kind of pillar um activities that we do so keeping that going um and and managing that process we just we just announced the new class i think just this week yeah um, and then we and so there's a cycle to that, and we'll we'll start nominations for the next group um, coming up soon. And so we're really proud of that. Continue that. We just got back from Indianapolis, so I think the the cool part that I've been a part of is you know through all the challenges of COVID, um, it it really evolved in that there's even more synergy and communication with with Division Two staff and and Terry's team in Indianapolis than there was back in the day <laughs> that there was maybe two meetings at a convention and he got together. So there's a lot more intentional communication between the NCAA division two staff and D two ADA officers and the board, as well as the conference commissioners. So we just got back from joint meetings in Indianapolis and, and the hot topics of the day probably aren't, aren't hard to find, right? If you, if you're, if you're paying attention to the national narrative and how they're going to impact um, division two and small college athletics, but membership is a thing you know, retention of our members, the growth of the division, enrollment challenges across the country, um, costs of doing business continue to go up and resources and, and where we where we can find those resources seem to be fewer and far between. So some of the same old things we've been talking about probably for years, but um, all of the all of the really um, transformational change at Division One and it just impacts what we do, you know, whether directly or indirectly, it does. And so it's really trying to stay in front of that. And being intentional around it. But I think membership, um, membership is a, is something we we've talked about quite a bit. And retaining what we who we have um and growing um to meet the needs of of those that are really committed to Division II Athletics is on their on their campuses.
0: That's great. Now um what you didn't mention and what I'm really interested to sort of hear what your thoughts are is mm-hmm. NIL. So yeah. those and um, those people in the world who follow college athletics Mm -hmm. um, uh, hear about nil and so a couple of years in now what's your take on nil and and what impact are you seeing maybe on your campus or your conference
1: yeah you know i think uh well definitely there's an impact i think i think the the national narrative is what you see on espn or on ticker on social media with you know 85 football players getting a brand new truck or something like that's not happening on our small college campuses. But I think, I think the opportunity for education and the opportunity for our student athletes to take advantage of this new space and take advantage of this new opportunity. I can't say that we've seen a huge impact on our campus. I will say that we've tried. I will say that we've tried to educate and support. We need to do a better job. Um, we connected with open doors early on um in a way that to, to, to try to help us understand what this world was going to mean to us and and what and, and the educational benefits and some policy and so they've been great partners at least for us as a campus um, to kind of understand the space um but I think anything that we can do to support our students in understanding what they can do and how they can do it and is gonna, can, is a way to keep them, um, retain them on our on our campuses, retain them on our rosters, because the, I think there's this idea that NIL is out there and that the grass is greener at a division one institution because of quote unquote NIL and what that is. And I think my biggest concern is what does that really mean? So I think, I mean, you know, we did talk about it and we continue to talk about like how there can be more transparency around what is available and not available. Um, that can, keep, that can keep our best and brightest that maybe think that there's more opportunity for them somewhere else. But I think um, to your question, like how has it impacted us? I think we're still learning um, and trying to figure it out 100%. Um, but if there's a couple hundred dollars a month that a student can earn on their name, image, and likeness on social media, on their name image and likeness locally, if it's running a camp or a clinic because of who they are and where they, what sport they play. I just love the fact that they have that opportunity without getting into some kind of trouble like it used to be. Right. And so I don't know if I'm answering that very well, but it's definitely meaningful. Um, And we're talking about it more as a conference just recently we have a new commissioner who came from pro sports. And I think he has a keen understanding of, of the space. And we're, we're trying to position ourselves to, you know, to, you know, compare ourselves to the Big West, right? The Big West is in California. They may or may not have NIL, but some of the some of the best in our league and on our campuses are finding themselves leaving to go to a Division One school. And oftentimes, we hear NIL. Okay, well, do we have a program? Yes. Is it really successful in terms of money that is going to student athletes? Probably not. But do we have? Can we grow our programs on our campus or as a conference? To, to retain and recruit who we, who, we, who we always have got to come to our institutions, if I'm making sense, right? We need to be in the game, for sure.
0: Well, it makes perfect sense. And for the student who's going to another place for more NIL opportunities, I, I guess uh, what I like about it is it does make sense. It never made sense, really, that a student athlete could not you nice. know, make money beyond a scholarship. That didn't make sense. What it really points out, Kirby, particular well, especially in the NCAA, Mm -hmm. is that often the rules and the ramifications are based on what you see at Division One, but it's not truly the reality at Division Two or Division Three. And so um, you know, you gave the example of everybody gets a new truck. Um, yeah. that, that's not, And that's
1: not fair to Utah. I love them, man. Mark Carlin is a good friend. Like I get it, but that's, that's the example, right? That's like out of this world. What are, you, are you, that's seems crazy. Yeah. That's real. It's real. Yeah. 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 <laughs>
0: anyway.
1: well, well, I'll have uh, to tell you, I'm sorry to jump in, but I, I will say like, it's not a new thing. Like I, and I said this years ago, I was in Indianapolis talking about it before it was here. I have two boys, one's 18 and one's 16 now, but eight years ago, they understood NIL. I mean, they're skateboarders, right? Yeah. And so, early social media adopters, whatever, they had a dad that liked social media and a couple of videos here, a couple of videos there, and they're pretty good at what they do. And next thing you know, we have free skateboards or we get shoes or we get discounts on stuff. And they understood this as a young teenager in a space like skateboarding that's not quote unquote traditional. And and these, these corporate groups understood what it meant to have gear or product in a family's hands or in a kid, uh, you know, on their feet or whatever it might be, and the impact that would have at a skate park locally, right? So I've seen it in my own family in a, in a way that it, it benefited, it allowed them to follow their passion, it made them feel good. Like, that's how I want to approach it. Like, how can we, like everything that we do how can we help our student athletes feel really good and feel like we've talked about, you know, make the big time where you're at. Should we have an NIL program at Monterey Bay? Absolutely. We should, because it's a part of, it's a part of the landscape. Now. Um, what it means to us is different than other places. And and the best I can tell is we're still trying to figure it out, but we're going to keep trying. That's for sure. <laughs>
0: well, yeah. And your students, just like your sons, that's right, have every capability to go out right to and do out it. And that's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Well, NIL is one of those, you know, one of those big ones that we've been talking about. But what do you think, you know, are one or two of the other sort of big issues that that uh, college athletics faces?
1: Yeah. Um, Well, I mean, there's 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 a bunch of there's some cases out in in the legal landscape that are that are threats to what we do. There's no doubt. I mean, student athletes as employees um, is a major, major threat in my opinion. And, yeah. and I think that's the, that's the narrative. Right. And I think that can be looked at two different ways. People say, well, they deserve to have a share of the revenue. Well, I I a hundred percent believe that the top percenters, the top one or five or 10% in, in the college athletics landscape that are generating millions and millions of dollars for those institutions departments. Do I believe they, they, ha- they should have a share? I do in some way. And I don't even know what that means, but that's what I believe. But how does that does that mean that student athletes in small college athletics should be should be employees? I think it puts us out of business. Like I you know I don't know I don't know how that works. So I think it's a big threat. I don't know that I know the answer. Um, and I think I think the national narrative we get caught up in in what's happening in major college athletics. Um, and and I just don't think there's a one size fits all um, to the challenges around is it amateur athletics is it pro athletic what are what are we doing um you know in in our college athletics landscape in our country which is unique right so i I think that's a major threat um i'm hopeful um you know charlie breaker with the new president of the ncaa we've got to spend some real time with them and that's another another good reason to be involved in what you're involved in to just have time and to be a part of these conversations i truly believe he understands what small college athletics is he has sons that play division three football like he's, he's been in the room and I, I feel it right more than I did before. Let's just put it that way. So, I I mean, he knows it, sees it, senses it. Um, can he manage it? Can he manage the narrative? Like that? that's what we got to figure out. Like, and, but I think he's working really hard at it. I mean, they're in Washington DC talking to people that we think could make a change um, from a federal standpoint. I know people have opinions on that. Um, but generally speaking, we've got to carve out space for, for division two, II, division three, and shoot, probably half a division one. To operate in a way that's that's not one size fits all, because I think that the, as employees, unless I just don't understand it, I just think that I mean, unfortunately, it probably puts us out of business, and things change dramatically.
0: Yeah. yeah, there's there's no question, and and that same question or issue sort of really gets back to what you mentioned earlier: the fact that resources are tighter than ever. Yeah. Uh, many yeah. of us are looking at this potential enrollment cliff and wondering yeah. what does that Absolutely. mean. Yeah um but you know if you're a small school in the Midwest and 70% of your student body plays sports right suddenly their employees well you're you're done, you're done. uh not just yeah. in athletics but as a university
1: right yeah it's sad no i know it's hard it's definitely hard to fathom you just can't think that it's i mean you got to i don't know it, it's hard yeah
0: well again uh, hopefully uh there is some delineation between yeah, yeah. the major universities that are generating millions and millions of dollars and the rest of us. Yeah. Well, I
1: will say, like I said, I, I mean, it's been in a couple different venues now um, president Baker's approach and his mindset. Um, he's got a big job ahead of him, in front of him, behind him, everything that he's taken on in a short amount of time. He's talked to every conference in, a, in, in the NCAA. He's spent time with everybody, not just, not just, the, the brand names, right? Everybody. And, and I think he kind of understood coming in, but he definitely, I, I, I mean, he just shows an affinity for small college athletics and, and an understanding that we haven't seen. um, And I, and that has to work in our, in our favor. Um, He's embraced the leadership team in, in division two, which is really strong. Um, There's so much good about what we do in small college athletics. And we obviously feel that in division two, in terms of the balance of it all. So I think he values it. He sees the difference. Um, and that and that's that that that's got to count for something like I don't know it feels it feels better at least <laughs> Yeah. Well, so I'm excited I'm excited about that and, and and optimistic yeah okay
0: so one more serious question and then we'll have a little mm-hmm. fun okay do you have you ever I'm sure you've contemplated this but has it do you think there is some possibility someday that the power five schools would just pull away and do their own thing Gosh, I don't know. I mean, it just seems
1: it seems practical at this point because they kind of are already. Yeah. Um, I don't know though. It's just that the the history and tradition around um, you know these you know large state institutions with so much pride and and tradition. Like I said a couple different times there, I I just don't know. It just it's hard to fathom. Um, And yeah, I just I like I said, I, I hope there's just a way to to carve out space for everybody. I would hate for that to happen. Um, but there's so much money on the line and the landscape is so different than I would even you know, care to understand. It's certainly above my pay grade. But um, I, I guess I'd hope that we can maintain some level of connection um, to these institutions where it means so much, right? Because it does. And I, I think a departure from that um, just looks different and acts different and, and it, it wouldn't be the same again. Um, and many people will say that it's not now. Um, but they're still wearing the school colors and they still got logos on their jerseys. And it means a lot to the people of those States and those regions. Um, There's just going to have to be a different way to do it, to make it all work, you know? And so, yeah, again, I'm optimistic. There's a lot of smart people trying to figure it out. There's no doubt. Um, But it's a, there's a, it's a big, it's a big, there's a big difference. Like we said earlier, there's a big, big difference between what's happening on Saturday afternoons um, or in March um, then that's happening in a lot of division one certainly division two II, division um, three the college athletics looks different at these places so I just hope there's a way to preserve all of it
0: yeah well <laughs> and you know I can see you shaking your head when we're talking about these <laughs> issues and and I I can't help but think that you know we live in a time where Stanford literally begged to join a conference that includes Miami That's unbelievable. and so anyway uh, so yeah, I know So that brings me to my last question because I think this is all a good buildup. Okay. Uh, When we think about we think about the things that we have to deal with the the changes in the environment that really you know we can't control them.
1: Control. No. We
0: can we can share our theory, but it's beyond our control. So, what advice would you give to a a young Mm -hmm. person in Mm -hmm. South Dakota (laughs) that's that's nearing graduation? Uh, from college and they're interested in working in college athletics what what would you tell them how would you tell them to position yourself uh what advice would you give them that might lead them to the job you have today gosh
1: i'd say follow your heart you know if you love it and you want to work in sports do it um you might have to leave the state um maybe not um but find your way in and then work really hard in the role that you find, right? And so I grew up in, you know, I, all I want to do is coach football. My dad coached high school football forever. And all I wanted to do was, is follow in his footsteps and be a football coach. I did that for a bit in the college space. And then life changed a bit. But I, I knew I wanted to work in sport. And I, I love being on a college campus and being a part of higher education, um i love to see the impact we can have on student athletes so if you love sport i just say follow your heart but you you know and again work really hard in the role that you're at you know and and we've seen it right in the in these professional development organizations you got a lot of people chasing jobs or chasing um the, the a bigger institution or the logo on your shirt or whatever it is. And and I think what I've tried to tell people here, right. If you want to, if you want to work in sport, which level do you want to work in? Like, do you, is that, that's maybe not an answer they have right away, but it's something to think about um, because I, I think if you want to work at a particular level, I think you got to do everything you can to get there as soon as you can and then work really hard. Um, I think that, I think the long, the, the way things become more and more specialized, we just got done talking about the highest level of major college athletics. It's just different. Um, but I, I don't know if I'm saying it right, but I, I think you just got to follow your passion in your heart. I think there's a lot of great opportunity. Um, and I, and I love small college athletics. I love just showing up and and being, you know, knowing a little bit, you hope a little bit about everything so you can manage and, and get through day to day and and you can really be a part of all of it. Um, I would, I probably wouldn't be as happy if it was just a compartmentalize. You get to do one thing all day, every day. And and, and have a role and have an impact, no doubt. But I enjoy um, I enjoy where we're at in small college athletics because you just, you get to be a part of all of it. Um, and it, it works for me, but you just got to work really hard, work hard in, in the role that you have, you know, be a star in your role. That's what we tell our kids at home, right? <laughs> be a star in the role that you have and things will work out. Um, but at the same time, network, get to know people, um, be open to, to just meeting people. And don't be afraid to 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 follow your heart if that means, even if that means moving to some place that you never even knew existed on the map, you know? <laughs>
0: uh, I love it. And, you know, and a healthy dose of, uh, understand that everybody started at the bottom. You That's know, right. We all yeah. did these super unglamorous jobs. Yeah. And if you can just yeah. show up every day with a good yeah. attitude and keep yep. going, someday you could be like Kirby Gary and leave. Oh, the gosh, yeah.
1: I was, I was painting lines when I first got here. I know that. And I, I still do that now if I have to, so I don't know if I've evolved that much, but that's, yes, that's right. I was painting lines when I first GA job in at South Dakota. So I knew how to do it. So that helped yes. me here. Right. So it's just absolutely just work hard at what you're at. But I mean, you know, we, we both know this, right. I've, I don't feel like I've worked a day in 16 year. I mean, I get to call it a career and, and show up, but I love what I do. And and we spend a lot of time doing it and it's not a traditional time frame or Monday through Friday, but man, it, I, I enjoy it. And I think there's a lot of fulfillment people can find. So well, that's I what I
0: tell somebody. I couldn't agree more. And uh, that's why I wanted to talk to you today. You're, yeah, <laughs> you're a great representative of, of what we try to do on smaller campuses and. uh and I and I wish we could we could probably talk for two or three more hours. But, yeah. um, we'll do it again. <laughs> we will do it again. I want to I, uh, I skip this question, but I I'm thinking back, Kirby. Mm-hmm. I'm relatively certain I met you on Twitter. Yeah, and we did. Course, and of course, there for a while, you and and I and Ryan Ivey hosted yeah. hosted a Twitter chat. I, I want to tell you, I'm I'm bringing the chat back as a virtual. Uh, hangout, a zoom. Oh hangout. really? Okay. So uh the problem for you always was that this happened like right at the beautiful part of the afternoon in California every time. Yeah, it was dinner done. time or something. Yeah. It was like uh, six yeah <laughs> yeah. So it, it won't, that won't be any easier for you, but but we gotta get you back. Um uh, well, that'd be great. I can't thank you enough for your time and what you've done for the profession and for your friendship. And so thank yeah. you so much.
1: Thanks, Jim. It's been great. Yeah. Thank you so much. I appreciate the time.
0: Well, you bet. That's another uh, episode of Small College Conversations brought by our friends from Chi Alpha Sigma. And we'll look forward to having you join us again next time.